You guys can open your Bibles in Isaiah 62. Uh, I feel a little overdressed, so forgive me. Uh, and one thing I just want to be uh, give thanks to the Lord for you guys, as you guys have been a sustaining grace to our church, our, our, our family. I don't know if Devon told you guys I almost draw him crazy because I was going crazy through the pandemic. Uh, it really affected me. Uh, I, I think the only way I can put it is they took away what I think is most precious to me, which is gathered with God's people. And uh, I don't think I managed it in a way that was the best way. I became a little bit of too much Fox News kind of guy. And uh, that was allowing me to think in ways that uh, could be or could not be helpful. But I needed to see what this passage is saying and what we're going to see today. Uh, we need to remind ourselves that the Lord has made a commitment to love his church and love his bride. And the way we respond to that truth is that we pray to him. So he's reminded of that. And we respond to him and say, Lord, fulfill your promises to your people that you have made to us because you love us. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you grateful for your word, grateful for what you have done to us in the cross of Calvary and that you have you have committed yourself to loving us. What an amazing truth that we on the server, human beings, you have put your grace toward us and has made us your bride, that we will respond in appropriate ways to that truth, especially to become watchmen that pray to you that you will remind yourself of the precious truth that you love us. In your name we pray. Amen. So Friday, this coming Friday, will be my 21st anniversary with Kathy. I know. August 21, 1999. It's one of the most significant moments of my life. I can still remember Kathy dressing white, walking toward me, and me thinking, she has to be crazy. Look at my nose. Look at her. She's walking toward me. And she was beautiful. She was like a dream. We had a 10 a.m. wedding. Those who haven't got married, the reason was we were in the honeymoon by 6 p.m. Good advice. But she was coming beautiful, like a dream. But you know what? I didn't do anything to add to her beauty. I didn't do anything to make her more beautiful. She actually had to wake up like at 4 in the morning to get ready for the wedding, and I just wake up like at 9.30, and the way was at 10. <laughs> I, I didn't contribute to her beauty. But that day, I made a promise to help her grow to be more beautiful like Christ. God has made us beautiful, and we have become his bride, and he has made a loving commitment toward us to, to, to make us his beautiful bride. We sometimes feel unworthy. We sometimes feel like we are away from him. We sometimes feel like maybe he he's, has forgotten about us. But God has made a commitment to love us. In Isaiah 61, we see that passage that Jesus says that the truth of the gospel are proclaimed through him. 
That's the passage that he opens the, the scroll and say, all those promises about the good news of the gospel are completed in me. And in Isaiah 62, that, that proclamation of the truth of the gospel, I made real by his commitment toward us to love us, to, be, to make us beautiful, to make us his bride. Church, listen to this. We are God's treasure. The church is his treasure. His, he has made a loving commitment toward us. And the, the application of what we're going to see today is because he loves his church. He has made a commitment toward us. We, and I'm going to make an application toward the man of the church. This is a call for the man to kind of man up. Because the passage called for watchmen to pray. And in those times, those watchmen were males. And I can, I, can, I can see all of you guys being watchmen, males and females. But I think when, when danger comes, I think we need to have the discern, discernment to see the danger and go to God and remind God of his promises to love us. I think we are all aware that casual Christianity is dying. Casual Christianity is coming to an end. On this Lord's Day, we have to understand that the culture of being a Christian is dying. Very soon, if we don't adapt to the culture, it's going to be too costly. But for the true believer, the gospel is so precious that no price is so high. So if you are a casual Christian, that church attendance is a convenient occurrence, or you do it because it's a tradition, and I'm, do, I'm, doing the, I'm saying this with pun intended. If that's you, stay home. We have been called to stay home during all this time, but casual Christianity is dying. May God have mercy of his people as, as we see his commitment to love us. We will respond as watchmen to remind him that we need to be protected by him so we can go all the way to the finish line. So we're going to read Isaiah 62, verses 1 and 5, and then we're going to go through the passage. This is the word of our Lord. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a burning torch. Verse 5. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoice over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. This is the word of our Lord. In Isaiah, we see the reality that all human beings are sinners. Actually, Isaiah sees this in Isaiah 6. He sees this glorious image of God. And the purpose of that passage is to show us, show us why he's different than the rest of, of Israel. The reason he's different is that he saw the Lord. And the rest of Israel has gone astray and has sinned against God. And because of that, they are in exile. They're in Babylon. And in Isaiah 53, we see the glorious suffering servant coming and giving his life to rescue his people so that those in exile can go to the promised home of the new Jerusalem. And we are right now in Isaiah 62, which is in Isaiah 60 to 66, which is kind of the reigning king that is coming 
to save his bride. And we, we are safe and secure because this king that was the suffering servant and gave his life for us is going to take us all the way home to the promised land. And this king, this glorious king, declared his love for his people. So we respond to that love by reminding him of his commitment of setting our heart, of, of setting his heart toward us. Because Christ declared his love for his bride, we set our heart in eternity by praying for protection and by building his church. So because Christ declared his love for his bride, we set our heart in eternity where our, our groom is by praying for his protection and building his church. Point number one, Christ's commitment for his people. He's committed to us. And his commitment is that we grow in righteousness. Verse 1, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes for us brightness and her salvation as a burning touch. This is the love of Jesus. This is Jesus saying, I'm not going to be quiet. Why is not going to be quiet? Well, Isaiah 61 told us, the good news of salvation. He's not going to keep it to himself. He's going to proclaim it to his people until something happens, until righteousness come out. That's his commitment. His commitment to us is not easy life. His commitment to us is not that we are accepted by the government. His commitment to us is not that this pandemic will end tomorrow. His commitment to us is that we become righteous. That here we come, we become like him. And he can use all those situations toward that end. Because his commitment is not easy life. His commitment is our righteousness. That's our good. And praise God that he's committed and he will not keep silence. Keep preaching, Jesus. Preach to us so we can become like you. So we can be more righteous like you are. So how he does that today. How he's not silent. What happens every Sunday, either in a school, in this, what we call this, stage platform. He can be anywhere. But he's not silent because he speaks to his people. And as we listen to him speak to us toward the preaching of his word, something miraculous happens. And righteousness through his spirit comes come from us. That's the end of the proclamation that he's committed to keep doing toward his people. So God will not be silent. Jesus will not be silent. He's still speaking. And he's speaking for a reason, that we become more and more like him. Because Christ, and they told me half an hour, and with all the sun, I think I'm going to do 25 minutes. <laughs> it's usually you have the sun in front of you, the, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on Sundays. Yeah, usually it's on the one preaching. That's, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> I'm going to say it. That's wrong. <laughs> they have a tent or something? Okay. Okay. That's better. That's better. I'm fine with it. The sun is behind me. I don't, I don't care. I see you guys suffering, but I think, I think we need more suffering. <laughs> Because Christ declared his love for his bride, 
We set our heart in eternity by praying for protection and build his church. We see the commitment of Christ for his people. Now we see the beauty of God's people. We see the beauty of God's people. He's committed for our righteousness, but he's also committed, committed that righteousness to, so we become beautiful. We are his treasure. Don't, don't let that just lie. Slide. We are God's treasure. What an amazing thing. Verse 2. The nation should see your righteousness. What righteousness? The one that he's committed for us to be built through his proclamation. We see from verse 1, he's committed for us to be righteous, and the nations will see that righteousness. And all kings your glory, and you should be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You should be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You should no more be termed forsaken, and your land should not be more termed desolated. But you should be called, my delight is in her, and your land married to the Lord delights in you, for the Lord delights in you, and, you sh and your land should be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoice over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. The, the, the point is this, and I, I'm going to try to be as compact as I can. The point is this. We are a precious, beautiful bride that the Lord delights in us. He delights in us as a body together. And why he delights in us? Because his proclamation has transformed us and righteousness is coming out of us. Nations are drawn to this glory. He's giving us a new name. What is attractive? What is the attractiveness of the, of the bride? The attractiveness of the bride is that he, it is like the righteous one, like Jesus. He is committed to a transformation. And brothers and sisters, he will not abandon us. I'm going to give you a little bit of background what's happening here. They are in exile. They are in Babylon. What is the temptation in exile? Seventy years there to think that the Lord has forgotten them, to think that the Lord has doesn't love them, to think that the Lord has forsaken them. And we have that same temptation because we are in exile. We are not home yet. And many times we are tempted to think that the Lord doesn't love us, that the Lord has forget, forgotten about us. Maybe right now you're feeling like that. Maybe you're going through situations in the middle of the pandemic. Maybe you're feeling lonely. Maybe you're feeling forsaken. Maybe you think that people should have been more closer to you in the midst of the pandemic. But you know what? The Lord is committed to you and he loves you because you are part of his bride. You are a treasure and a gift to him. You are beautiful to him. He's committed to your transformation, but he's also committed to you because you are something precious in, uh, uh, for him because you are part of his body. So if we feel abandoned, you know what I felt abandoned in the pandemic? Because I forgot that I was loved by God and I was thinking that I needed Trump to do something or Fauci to stop doing something or somebody else to do something else. He, doesn't, he didn't forget about me during the pandemic. 
because I'm precious to him and you are precious to him too. In our, in our exile, as we are going toward the new Jerusalem, he is with us and he's committed for our change, our transformation, because we are his precious gift. Are you with me up to here? So he's committed to us and he says, I'm going to talk to you and your righteousness is going to come. And then he said, you are my precious. You don't feel abandoned. Even if you feel abandoned, I'm with you. And now he's going to tell us, it's going to change how we respond. Instead of the Lord talking, it's now how we respond to this truth. Because Christ declared his love for his bride. We set our heart in eternity by praying for protection and building his church. Verse, point number three, watchman that protects God's people. So he declared his beauty. He says that he's going to put his righteousness. Their response is that we need watchmen to protect that. Verse number six. I haven't preached in English in a while. Am I making sense? <laughs> On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. And this is the part that I want to pay attention because it's like, it's like weird. You're not expecting this to happen. If you put watchmen in a, in a wall to watch for enemies to come, who do you think they're going to talk if they see an enemy coming? To the people. But in this passage, they talk to the Lord. You, you who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest. And give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and make it and makes it a praise in his heart. You see what is happening? They they have these watchmen on the walls. When they see uh, danger, when they see danger, and what is danger? Everything that put in jeopardy what we see from verse one to verse five, which is his commitment to proclaim the truth that gives righteousness and the commitment that he has to love us. So enemies, anything that will take our hearts away from wanting to be more like him or anything that will make us doubt of his love for us. Follow with me? When we see that danger, it can come in the name of a pandemic. It can come because I have, I'm in a service with a guy with an accent. I have the sun in front of me. It can come in many different ways. When we see danger, and this is the part that I want to really point out to man. I think I'm not stretching the, the test by saying that this watchman that wants to protect the church and family should be men that stand up and pray to the Lord, saying to the Lord, remember your promises to us. Remember that you love your people. Remember that you say that you're going to proclaim your truth right now when we can be afraid of religious liberties or whatever we can be afraid of this season, how the, how the United States change or doesn't change, or we can be afraid of many things. What we need to be praying is, Lord, remember your commitment to speak your truth to your church because your commitment is not for an easy life. Your commitment is, is not for like a country. Your commitment is for your people to be transformed in the glory of your son. Remember, Lord. Remember, Lord. We pray because he has promised to care us. We pray to him, not because 
our prayers is what make him remember? It's because the Lord doesn't forget, but in some mysterious way, our prayers play a vital role in the implementation of his kingdom on earth. So we pray to him. And what we pray, remember your promises, Lord. Protect your people. Verse 8, the Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his almighty arm, I will not again give your grain to, the, to be food for your enemies. And foreigners should not drink your wine for which you have labored. But those who garner it should eat it and praise the Lord. And those who gather it, it should drink it in the course of my sanctuary. What is saying there? I will not take you to exile anymore. I will not make you a slave in another land. You will be my people. So we pray to the Lord, take us to the promised land, Lord. Protect us. Make us be your bride that lives in Zion forever. This is what's happening. They are in exile for 70 years. And maybe you don't relate to that, but I've, I've been 23 years in the United States. And I come from Puerto Rico, which is part of the United States. And, but we are different because we speak Spanish and culturally we're different. But 21 years, 23 years away from my land, and I'm a gringo. I'm a gringo. I'm fighting with my kids so they speak Spanish. And this is just one generation after. Three generations, 70 years after, you become part of Babylon. You become part of that people. So the question is, Lord, are we going to love being in exile because exile is comfortable? Or are we going to pray to the Lord to say, take us to our land? And you see, the desire to return to Jerusalem wasn't a cultural one. I, I, I had my first uh, ministry trip since the pandemic. I was able to go to Puerto Rico. I took a COVID test after I returned, so I'm clean. And, uh, you know, when I go to, to, to the island, I feel home. I eat food that I not, I'm, not, you know, I'm not used to eating here. But the desire for the people of God to go to Jerusalem wasn't about eating Jewish food. Shouldn't be about that. Shouldn't be about speaking a language. You know what was the desire to go back to Jerusalem needed to be? That's where the temple was. That's where the presence of the Lord was. And the commitment to God to take us from exile to the new Jerusalem is because that's where he's going to be. So that's what we pray. In the midst of trials and tribulation, in the midst of difficulties, our main prayer should be, Lord, remember your promise of loving your people. Remember your promise of keeping your, your, your people protected, of giving us the, the ability to be back home. Remember that because we want to be, you know where? Where you are, Lord. Because you are our groom and we are your precious bride. 
So my question to you today at this moment is, how your prayer list look right now? What do we pray about? Are we praying for, and we should, for the pandemic to end? Or maybe to return to the Down Jones return back to normalcy? Or maybe you pray for some political end. And I'm not saying that it's not wrong to pray about those things, but our main prayer right now should be, and every time, God, remember your promise, because if you forget, we're doomed. We're doomed. We will not be able to get home. But because you love your bride, we pray to you for you to remember and to take us home. Brothers and sisters, he loved us. We are his treasure. So we pray for protections. And the last thing that we do in response to that is we build the walls of the city of God. Point number three, the people of God prepare, point number four, for his coming. So we, in response to this promise of him coming back to us, we prepare for that return. When I, uh, when I was 25 years old, I was like five or six years ago, I, uh, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and Kathy was in Puerto Rico. And we did one year of distant uh, uh, it wasn't dating, it was, we were engaged, uh, but she knew I was coming back. She knew I wasn't going to waste that time, <laughs> that, that opportunity. She was too beautiful and I was too ugly. I needed to take advantage of her craziness. So she knew I was coming back. So she was preparing. She was getting ready for that moment that she was going to move and we were going to be together. So right now, we are not where we need to be, but we're preparing for that moment. We're preparing for that moment. Verse number 10. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people. Build up, build up the highway, clear, clear of stone, lift up a signal over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his Recompense before him, and they should be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you should be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. What they were doing? They were doing what happened in Nehemiah and Ezra. They went back to the city and rebuilt it. Imagine 70 years of a city forgotten. How often do you have to cut the grass here? Imagine... Three months of not taking care. Seventy years. Seventy years the city was forgotten. And now they're coming back and they have to rebuild it and build the walls and prepare a way. They had to build a highway. Even the way to get to Jerusalem was destroyed. But why they were doing that? Because that's the place where God was. That was the end. And they were building this, this, all this, so the people of God could meet with God. Now, until we wait, what we do? We pray for God to remember his promises, and we build his church. We build the, the, the vessel that God has designed for us to get home. We, de we dedicate our lives for the building of his kingdom 
through the local church. So what you're doing today with the sun in your eyes, saying, come on, come on, dude, finish. We are building his kingdom. We're being reminded of what he has said that he was going to do. He will not be quiet. He will preach his truth until he sees his glory reflected in us. And we keep praying and saying, Lord, don't forget your people. We can see the, the parable of the ten virgins. The ones that have the five, the five that have oil and the five that didn't have the oil. We can see the parable of the widow, insistent widow. We can see the parable of the, it was like a neighbor that was kind of like a very persistent, like a nagging neighbor. We do that. We pray to the Lord constantly and say, don't forget, Lord. Don't forget about us. Don't forget our people. And you know what? He will not forget. So brothers and sisters, there can be so many challenges going through our lives right now. I know that this new reality that we're living reflects in different ways personally to each one of you. But you know what is true? For each one of you, if you have come to know Jesus, the Lord loves you and he's committed to you. So we say to the Lord, Lord, don't forget. And let's build his church until the day that he rescues us from pandemics, from unemployment, for sickness, and we are where we want to be for eternity. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you grateful for your mercy and your kindness, grateful for your commitment toward us of loving us, loving us in such a way that you gave your son, Jesus, and you gave it on the cross. How can we doubt sometimes of your love if you gave Jesus to save us? That we can, as watchmen, Look for danger, but the danger that can be uh, things that affect our desire to be more like you or put doubts in our heart that you love us. And that can we pray constantly, Lord, remind yourself of your people and your commitment to remind ourselves of your love to, for us through the person of Jesus Christ for the glory of Lord the Father. Holy Spirit, we with your people, in your name we pray. Amen.